we call this? Grubs of Games? Games and Grubs? Games and Grubs. Best podcast on the planet. You guys are great. Friendship with the Games and Grub podcast. It's Games and Grub with your host, Brian Gallagher. Hey, we know Brian Gallagher. Gallagher has trained for months and months for this moment. Zach Passios. The Mr. Zachary Passios. Some are saying that he's rivaling the talents of Zachary Passios. And Aiden Hatton. Aiden is like Kyler Murray. I've coined him the Marquette Marvel because what can't he do? Live on Marquette Radio. That's right. Live from the Marquette Radio Studios in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, it is Radio's Restaurant, the Saloon of Sports Talk, from the diner booth to the radio booth. It's Games and Grub right here on MUR. I'm Aiden Hatton alongside, to my right, Mr. Brian Gallagher. Good morning, Milwaukee. And to my right, right, Zach Passios. Another great day to be alive, although not as nice out as yeah, 37, uh, 37 and precipitating. Yeah. Yeah, Zach always gives us the weather report to start the show, and it is currently snowing here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So you you know it, you're in Milwaukee when it's April, and the only nice day you had all week was 42 degrees with a cold breeze, but the sun was out, so everybody was outside. Every other day, it's been raining, it's been snowing, it's been a mix of the two. It's kind of confused; it doesn't know what it is. You know, if the, if the sun can pop out. I don't care what the temperature is. Yeah. I don't care what's going on. If the sun can pop out, heat up my car a little bit to get in the morning, I'm good. Totally agree. That's good. So we are here. It's April 2nd. It is quite the day, obviously, to have some snow, and it's quite the day to have a radio show. We've got a great one coming up for you. Way to go, Bridget. We've got lots to talk about, including the final four and some dad jokes, which I'm really, really, really excited about. Plus, one of the coaches in the Final Four has a nickname named after a magazine, and he has quite the take on fashion these days in college basketball. Much, much more. So you can join us on the phones at 414-288-7091. Again, 414-288-7091. And on Twitter and Instagram, both at GrubMUR, G-R-U-B-M-U-R. So... Boys, let's get it started. What was the best food you had this week? I'll get it going this morning. Uh, this past week, not not a very big food week, I guess. Uh, went to the grocery store early in the week and kind of just uh, tried to eat off of whatever I had in the kitchen. I guess we'll go with the grilled cheese and tomato soup for lunch I had two days ago. Mm-hmm. There's something about it on a, on a cold day, just getting some warm, warm cheese heated up on the two toasty pieces of bread and then dipping it in some hot soup man you can't beat it put a little italian seasoning on there you get, get any uh, chicken in there for some added protein i did turkey honey roasted turkey okay. on one of them mm-hmm. but i normally make two now i tried to see which one was better depending on how it was cut so i cut two different grilled cheeses differently i did the diagonal for the and one the i had with turkey tasted better didn't it and then i did the straight up and down through it for the just cheese uh grilled cheese I I do come back and say the diagonal had had a beat. It also had a great ratio of dip into the tomato soup versus bite size. Exactly, yeah, and yep. you get mm. the corner in there, so the corner gets to soak rather than just like. Otherwise, a, the corner is going to be too small on the square sandwich. Bingo, bingo, yep. 
Bingo. Yeah, it's just basic geometry, you know. Uh, I'll say best food I had this week. Um, I, you know, my food wasn't great this week. Uh, very repetitive, uh, very regimented. Uh, I made two crock pots. Sound like comfort. Yeah, yeah, dry, dry kibble and <laughs> dry, dry kibble. kibble treats and garbage, you know. Um, garbage. <laughs> uh, no, so we went to the grocery store on Sunday night. I proceeded to get home and start to make two crock pots on Sunday night, which is very relevant because the vegetables didn't have to get added to the crock pot until about halfway through. So I went to bed. Set an alarm for 1.30 in the morning. Woke up, put the vegetables <laughs> in the crock pot for my beef and broccoli. It sounds yeah. a little excessive. Went back to bed. But honestly, it made my entire week super easy for cooking, for cleaning, for uh, eating, making sure I was eating enough. You just said it was, um, a, it was a lull of a food week, though. Mm. Um, so you gave up. I get you, you gained all this, this convenience, but you gave up the nuance of a different food every day. No, but that's not why it was a low week. I just could have done the crock pots better. Okay. That that's it. I mean, and and that's just a learning experience. You know, you you don't have failures in life. You have you have wins and you have learning experiences. Yeah. So maybe you could have waited until like three, four in the morning to, to no, put those I, veggies. No, I, I absolutely. And maybe I could have just woken up even earlier when I like f- woke up f- full for the first time. Okay. Like I think I woke up at five. 30 that did day. you set an alarm for the adding of the vegetables oh dude you think i was just gonna wake up in the middle of <laughs> no 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 yeah no i set the alarm for like 1 30 and as soon as i heard it it was like man on a mission got like marched out of bed put them in went right back to bed if, so. if you have a similar uh circumstance where you're making food and you do something irregular like brian here give us a call 414-288-7091 because we want to hear it yeah. aiden what was your best food you ate this week well, the best food I had this week, and I probably should have done this one last week, but it's anything not Subway, and here's why. During spring break, I had the most Subway I've ever had in my entire life, and we basically survived off Subway and Wendy's for most of the week, sprinkling sprinkle in a McDonald's once. Subway... I understand that they're doing the ref- eat fresh, refresh, and they got all the cameos in the world from Steph Curry to Serena Williams to Tom Brady to Charles Barkley, but I had enough of Subway, and honestly, I almost had enough of deli meat, which I love very much. So not it's kind of a slight at you, Subway, but I had you too much, and I think it brings up a greater question. You know, last week we talked about the greater question, which was – what do you have in substitute for meat on Fridays if you're celebrating Lent? And we have a story about that coming up momentarily. What, and then the greater question this week should be, excuse me, is there a food that you can eat too much and not get sick of? That's a deep thought. That's like going way back. What can I eat consistently and not get bored of? Yeah, there's definitely foods out there that I don't get bored of, like a good fried rice. I feel like I could have, but that's different every time. I don't know. Mm. Do you, can you guys think of any? Aiden? That's a tough Did one. Did you have anything come to mind when you were thinking that question, or you just tried to I'm thinking stump of a real, us? Nothing, no, not a real food. Like, I could say ice cream, but that I feel like is cheating. But a real food that I couldn't get sick of. Surprisingly, I could get sick of pizza. So, and I have been pizzaed out before. 
But you can do different types of pizzas. Like you can get a pasta that's different from another type of pasta. So are we doing like categories of food or dishes? But fettuccine Alfredo isn't the same dish as yeah. That's what I'm saying. We're doing food or meatballs. I think it's got to be like like mostly dish, but it could be the food too. Yeah, I definitely get sick of almost everything. I told we went over this multiple times. When I get the Buffalo Wild Wings, garlic. Uh, the garlic, parmesan, garlic. I told you you were gonna get sick sauce. of it. I bought yeah. like three bottles since. Yeah. So I go on like month, one month rotations where I'm like, I'll eat this entire like every meal I have will be Alfredo sauce and put that Parmesan garlic on my chicken, and then I'll get through it in the month and be like, I don't want any of that stuff ever again. <laughs> and then a month later, pick it back up and go for it. So all right, here here's one. I think you can eat fruit. Like, I think I could eat str- strawberries, yeah. raspberries. No, like an apple every day. An apple every day. Yeah. I'm not gonna get sick of that. One fruit I would get sick of: bananas. I can't have too many. Can't do it. Matt does a lot of bananas. Matt eats a lot of bananas. Wait, yeah. if you uh you want a good prank, I know uh, April Fool's Day was yesterday, but if you want a good prank, take a full banana and put it in a put it in a freezer. See what happens. Put Just, it in Matt's freezer. It's, see what it's real fun. <laughs> you need one of those cutco knives to slice it afterwards. <laughs> So, listeners, call us up, 414-288-7091. Let us know what food you can eat without getting sick of it. That's right. Brian, do you want to intro this next story here up on our topic list? Yes, you know, every every week we try to find a food story of the week. Uh, a lot of times it's a scramble. Well, it's a last. Let's, let's hold on that. <laughs> we've we've been slacking on the food stories. So yeah, yeah. Not. We it, It's a goal of ours to find a food a story goal. every week. It's well, a goal. We found the anti-food story of the week because this guy has given up food. This tri-state area man. Now, which tri-state is it? I think it's the Cincinnati tri-state area, which I didn't even realize was a tri-state area. Uh, he's given up all food for a good cause. He's beer fasting. So the tri-state man gives up food for all beer diet this Lent. He gives up all food. His name is Del Hall. Del Hall. Del and Hall. and for, for Lent, he doesn't eat a single piece of food. Only drinks beer. Now, he does this for a couple of reasons. One, to be healthy. So he says he's lost a bunch of weight. Uh, 25 pounds, 31 days into the diet. So almost a pound a day there, which is crazy. But the other thing is he wants to recognize that alcohol can be vilified. And it's really doing him well here. So It's a bold strategy, Aiden. Let's see if it pays off. (laughs) Um, Could you do this? No, I could not. I would get so sick so fast. Um, you, you know, the first sentence of this article is, some give up soda. And and I think that's an important point to bring up because I have heard, and I, 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 I need scientists to verify this information, but I've heard so that you. one beer a day is better than one soda a day. I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, call that crazy. No. I, th- yeah, I think you're right because... I think you're right. Soda and the sugars ain't good for you. And and next time you drink, next time you go, uh, quote unquote, binge drinking for these college kids that listen to this, uh, listen to this podcast, this yeah. radio show. Okay. Look at your beers at the end of the night. Think, huh? I, I drank six, seven, eight, 12, 13, 14 beers tonight. <laughs> now think if you drank that much soda, you'd be ill. Yeah. You'd probably be worse off yeah, than you would be, be if you had 14 beers. Mm. So uh, honestly, like this diet, yeah, Every, everything in moderation. Though. Everything in moderation. So he he doesn't drink to get drunk. He just drinks it for, for I guess the nutrients in the beer. He also takes a multivitamin. I would not be able to do this. I call it quits. The it's multivitamin great, is key. Great idea for Lent, Aiden. Maybe next year. 
I could not see myself doing this at all. Surviving without surviving without food and some of the fasting points of Lent that that a lot of, you know, Catholics observe is very hard to do. For at least for at least one or two of the observed days, Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. So this could not be me. So shout out to Del Hall, D E L. There's only one L in Dell. Let's go to him on the show. It's like not the Del Dells. Curry. Yeah, it's not the it's not yeah, the Dells. Yeah, book this guy's guest by the end of uh, by the end of Lent. We could get something going there. Get in touch with him. We get him on the f- we get him on the phone, and the dude is hammered. hammered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How you doing, Dell? Oh, it's been like this all month. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so that's a uh, future guest book that we'll maybe be working on. Four one four two eight eight seven zero nine one. Again, four one four two eight eight seven zero nine one. So, we've got a lot of basketball to talk today, a lot of Final Four stuff to do, and I'm, let's open our Final Four preview with a clip from our good friend here in the Big East, Jay Wright. He was on with PTI, Tony Kornheiser, Will Bond. They made a documentary about these guys that I haven't watched yet. Maybe I did watch one part of it. But anyway, Jay Wright goes on there this week and hits the hard-hitting questions with Kornheiser and Wilbon. Let's play the clip. If I can turn the levels on. And let's play the clip. You're the best dressed guy in basketball. Why did you ditch the suits? What are you doing? (laughs) I I, I actually like it this way, man. It's comfortable. The dry cleaning was killing me. With a nice suit, you're in a huddle. Guys are sweating on top of you. You look at your suit, you got wet sweat marks. Like, this is, this is how we coach. This is how we practice. I'm, I'm really comfortable that way. I'm getting a lot of grief from our alumni. Even our president loves me to wear suits. I think he's joking with me because he hasn't really demanded I wear a suit yet. Okay, so there's Jay Wright. Do we agree or, or are we sad that he's not wearing a suit anymore, especially because we see him two times a year from Marquette? Are we sad that Jay Wright, who has made it back to the Final Four this year, is not wearing a suit anymore. I think we should make him coach in a straight jacket. Might make it a little bit more fair for the rest of the teams. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, we we had this this discussion about Shaka early on in the year, about how it's no longer the bubble. It's no longer uh, you're just hooping in an empty in an empty stadium. You got people paying money to attend your games. That's kind of the old school way. Is you're putting on an event. You are the leader of half of the game basically you're the leader of your team you should be wearing a suit to show that you're the head of the organization now times are changing jay wright can do whatever he wants jay wright if he doesn't want to wear a suit he's in the final four this year he can do whatever he wants the alumni the president of villanova they can give him as much flack as they would like but if he doesn't want to wear a suit ever again so be it. There, there was a moment uh, during the UCLA game this year that I, I looked at Mick Cronin and I wondered why he was wearing a suit. So you got that going against him. Because I, I looked at him and I saw everyone else in their casual gear, shotgun his uh, college shirt, and all these coaches normally with just quarter zips. And Mick Cronin standing out here like a thumb in a yellow or blue suit with a yellow tie. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it works for college basketball these days. I really don't it think so. Because work. Well, let's talk about the NBA because the NBA after the bubble 
went away. They might have done a deal. They have a deal with Joseph Abood where you can only wear Joseph Abood's suit if you're a coach in the NBA. But I think the coach did a pa- the coaches basically did a pact to wear these Nike zip ups and quarter zips, and that's what you see now. Is there any NBA coach that wears a suit anymore? You also want to like relate to your players a little bit. If you're wearing a suit, you're not like. I don't know. It might make you feel a little bit more a part of the team, a part of the vibe, and like more casual with the players versus having that separate if, distinction from you, coach no, to player. I think there's two yeah, sides. Yeah, to that coin, you might though. not want to be casual with your players like that. You might want and not not to be show like the players a hierarchical there. like like a hole like that. But I mean, you might want them to think they're showing up to work. This is a professional environment. There's a reason you wear business casual to work, and there's a reason why your boss wears a suit. Because they have important stuff to do, and that's how... So if you started wearing a suit, would you automatically have important stuff to do? No. Okay. I'd look like an no. idiot. <laughs> I don't have a suit that fits, dude. I need, I need one. good in suits. No, I mean, I, I think the, the bubble, obviously, is what kind of tore down all of the... We're not going to wear suits. We're going to wear these quarter zips. We're going to wear these polos because it's comfortable. Nobody's here. It's Disney. It's Disney. It's 100 degrees outside. And I just don't think that they ever. I don't think they real. They realized that the suits weren't important enough to fully bring them back once the bubble was done. If that makes sense. Yeah, people want to be comfortable, and that's the modern workplace that we live in. And there are a lot, a lot of old schoolers that will harken back to the Vince Lombardis and the Dan Reeves of the NFL, where you were on the sidelines in a suit. Vince Lombardi was in his scally cap, right? So. There are a lot of old-timers that you run into and say a coach needs to dress up. A coach can't look like a slob like Bill O'Brien does these days. And, and maybe the NFL is different because, you know, you're standing up on the sideline. But maybe it isn't because coaches, if you're a coach, you're yelling and screaming down the sideline in the NBA, in the NFL. Baseball is a little different because you're in the dugout. But I think uh, NHL coaches, if I'm not mistaken, they still wear suits. They, yeah, they still do suits. Yeah. That's a good point. And if you're worried about getting dirty in an NBA bench, those NHL benches are grody. That hockey big... got hockey equipment flying around. I wonder what that dry cleaning bill looks like. I yes. wonder. But if but if you're Jay Wright, you have the money to go to the dry cleaning, or he just the, the school spend does the it. Money. The school does spend it. the money. Come on, he's joking around. The school. Nah, does he it. has to he has to bill him back for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so either way, they're either pen, way, they're, pen, the they're nickel and diamond him. <laughs> yeah. So either way, he's getting the he's getting the money back. I think it's a nice value to have, and I think honestly, and especially if you're Jay Wright, who's made a made the nickname GQJ or has been known as GQJ. I I'm sorry. Once you're going, once we come back from from last year's. Final Four in Indianapolis, I think you got to go back to the suit because that's what you're known for, and I think it's a good recruiting boon, uh, specifically for Jay Wright. If you're, excuse me, if you're Shaka Smart, then I think you continue with the polos and you know athletic undershirts. There are different rules <clears throat> for, different for different people. people. <laughs> so Jay Wright's become known. Shaka has made such a brand this year with the Shaka shirts too. Right. That it's not like he's just tossing on a polo. He's he still has like a uniform per se for the games. It's a striped shirt with a tight undershirt and matching Jordans and 
balls out in it and the students go crazy you see people wearing shaka shirts wearing their own combinations right it's become a wave um and i absolutely love it and i and i think that's the important part is just having a brand having something that the fans are going to identify with whether that's wearing a suit whether that's wearing your polo whether you're jqj or your shaka um i don't think it uh i think it's all about that's making right. a brand for what yourself. about other players on the bench if you're not playing if you're not playing. if you're not playing like Giannis showed up to the game last night, what should he be wearing? Can he wear whatever he wants? We're should be in Marquette gear in a minute. I mean, Marquette gear should he be in Bucks gear? Should he no, be if, in if a suit, not, a if, turtleneck like Ike would wear? If, Greg if Elliott would show Giannis up in a suit. Was wearing a turtleneck. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, you know, because some players like they dress, they don't dress. If if you dress for the game, I think every player should be wearing the same exact warm up or the same exact. Uh, sweatsuit on the bench. If you're not dressing for the game, look professional. But with these NBA players nowadays, you don't know if Russell Westbrook's going to show up with a traffic cone wear, wearing a traffic cone. <laughs> Kyle Kuzma's out there wearing a pink blanket. Yeah. Twice the size sleeve. Yeah, a pink big blanket, 10 by 10 feet. Yeah. Um, I loved how LeBron just, that came up on my Twitter the other day, and LeBron just totally exposed them. Like, I know that ain't my former teammate wearing that. Like, are you serious, Kuz? I, I know that obviously talking about fashion for three guys that don't really know fashion too well. Yeah. well two Aiden guys. knows yeah, some Aiden, fashion. Aiden's got his fashion bag. He's got his fashion bag. We we know. Um, but but like some of the outfits that you see, in absolutely ridiculous. Professional athletes nowadays, like like just go go search oh up most ridiculous outfits by NBA players, and just ha- get give yourself a quick laugh this weekend. <laughs> give yourself a quick laugh. You know who's giving himself a quick laugh all the way to the bank is Coach K, who has dominated the headlines throughout this Final Four. And time for some actual basketball. In this Final Four, obviously tonight in New Orleans, first game will be Kansas-Villanova, and then the final game will be Duke-UNC. You obviously heard, if you haven't yet, that they have not played in the tournament before. And Eric Church is skipping his concert to go to this UNC-Duke game. Big Carolina guy. So let's start, before we get into either of the two games, do you have a most interesting player to watch throughout the four teams and the two games? I'll, go, I'll start, and it's Kansas's Remy Martin. I think not enough people are talking about Kansas. I really don't, because they're the only one seed left. And if you go through their games here throughout this entire tournament, they have wipe the floor with a lot of teams that we've talked about have been playing well and you go through who they've played and you know obviously the Texas Southern they had a close game with Creighton I know Providence that Providence game was closer than it was for the majority of that game and then the Elite Eight against Miami absolutely blew them out in the second half they're down by six at halftime and then come back and absolutely blow the doors of Jim Laranaga's team. So if you're Kansas, I think you are in a great spot because no one's talking about you. And especially with Remy Martin, that's a guy who, I'm going to sound like Collinsworth, here's a guy, but here's a guy who wasn't really the spark plug, not really the best, excuse me, was was the spark plug, not really the best player for this team. That would be Oche Ajbaji. I'm going to butcher that name. But, for Bill Self's team, Remy Martin, especially in the game against Providence, absolutely ruined him in the first half. 
and that's what kind of made Providence play from behind in that Sweet 16 game. So they've beaten two Big East teams for a local perspective, obviously here at Marquette. I think not enough people are talking about Kansas in this Final Four, and it's obviously dominated by Duke UNC. But watch out for Remy Martin tonight. He's a fun guy to watch. Handsome guy, I will say. Easy on the eyes. I can say that as a guy. And uh, he's he's easy to watch, and he's fun to watch because that guy can ball. So... Any interesting players in the Final Four that you guys are looking for? Yeah, you know, I'm going to go with the Big East team because it's what I'm comfortable with. It's what I'm knowledgeable about. Uh, Villanova, obviously, Justin Moore went down with the injury out for the tournament. Mm -hmm. Um, He was a producer for them. He was a pivotal role in their offense and in their whole team. So other guys got to step up, uh, and that's going to be everybody stepping up. It's going to be Gillespie playing even better than he has. uh, in the past, which can he play better? Can he play better? I don't know. I heard it, and I'm going to piggyback off this because I think I'm I'm going the villain over out here too. Yeah, but and... so the, but the guy that I really want to highlight here is uh, Jermaine Samuels. Yeah, we've seen him play real well in the Big East. We've seen him probably beat up Marquette way too much. Uh, he's just got to he's just got to have one of those games. He's got to have a big game. He's got to put up 20 plus, uh, carry the load, help alleviate um, Gillespie's role. Because he can't do it all. He can't do it all. Villanova. Fortune 500 company. Led by a senior leader who knows how to get it done in March. Knows how to get it done in April. He's been there in Colin Gillespie. And when Jay Wright asked him how the team's doing, should he should he interject um, and pick the guys up after Justin Moore's injury, Gillespie said, no, we're good. He said, we're fine. The locker room's under control. We know we can do this. And you know who's got to step up? Everyone's got to step up. Namely, Dixon. Now, you got a big guy down down the low. If you can get your big guy going, run the offense through him, they got killer three-point shooters everywhere. You can get the big guy going in the middle. It's going to open up space on the rest of the floor. They're going to be able to kick it out to Gillespie, kick it out to Samuels. Just, I don't know, man. I'm thinking this Villanova team's destinies. They got a martyr and more. Who went down and now they get to rally around him. It just Martyr works for me. And, and I agree, Dixon Dixon has the ability to open up that offense if he can dominate down low. Uh the last game against Houston, it was a tough game for him. He um I, I just remember watching him trying to beat bang around down low with the Houston big guys and it wasn't going too well for him. He's not the biggest guy. No, he because he's not. Exactly. He's not the biggest and he's not the best big man, but if he can just get rebounds, get a few put-back dunks, make the shots he needs to, it'll open up everything else on the outside for the rest of the team. This is where you come to for anti or, you know, kind of contrarian sports media. I'll, I'll say contrarian sports media because everyone's talking about Duke UNC and we just want to talk about Kansas Villanova because that's what we know the best. And that may ultimately end up being the better game. It's a one versus two, and you're going to have Bill Self against Jay Wright, both in zip-ups. It's basketball. It's not pageantry. And we love the pageantry of the NCAA tournament, but we don't love the UNC Duke put all the media yeah. spotlight yeah, in yeah, one we, stage. It, it, this will be Duke versus UNC's 100th game of all time. Duke leads 50-49. to 49. Does that give you enough confidence in UNC going yes. into this? Yes. You think yes. You, you're confident yes. in UNC? I am. I am. Because it just seems like again, the pageantry of Duke this entire run 
we just talked about, or excuse me, I just talked about Kansas. I don't think enough teams are, or enough media members are talking about Kansas. I would actually go with Kansas. I would. I'm gonna actually pick Kansas against Villanova, and Zach's shaking his head. But this is one of Bill Self's teams that hasn't choked on the way to a Final Four, and we'll talk about Bill Self later on here as part of trivia to go. But I don't think enough people are talking about Kansas. I got to give them their due and their respect. And as far as Duke UNC goes, it's that same sort of pageantry that we've talked about. And North Carolina, the the personnel that we have, and obviously as Marquette, we saw them in the first round. But and I know they've you know they have the St. Peters and the Elite Eight, but you have they had a lot of pressure packed games that they took care of business. They took care of business against UCLA. They took care of business against St. Peter's and obviously took care of Baylor. So I don't, again, I just don't think either of these games, whether it's Duke or Villanova, are going to be a walk in the park tonight. We're hoping for good games. That's all we can ask for, Aiden. That's it. That's that's all we ask for, especially as Marquette fans. That's all. That's all we care about. But that's, as, that's the best part about the NCAA tournament, the Final Four, and and all the March Madness. You know, we don't have a crystal ball. Speaking of don't. speaking of being a Marquette fan, we'll just do the due diligence here on this Uncle Chris text that we got because it's it's an interesting spin on the take of obviously we just said if we are a biggie centric podcast yeah if we're a big if we watch the biggies was that who texted me and we're marquette fans yeah that's uncle chris okay so, so yeah, i'm gonna we, read i'm gonna read the text right here so today if you're a pc fan do you root for nova and the big east even though you can't stand that school or do you root for kansas because you lost to them and if they win it all, you can say you lost to the champion. Games and Grub needs to weigh in. Well, they also lost to Villanova twice. So, oh, in the tournament, they lost to Kansas. All right, I yeah. see where he's coming from, recency. But you lost to Nova twice. So would you rather see a champion that you lost to twice or you lost to recently? No, I'm not even worried about the losses to Villanova. I'm just worried about they're in the Big East. It helps the brand of the Big East. I'm with you. Um you know the ACC has won enough. The the Big Ten, the Big Twelve. I don't even know how much they've won, but I'm gonna guess it's been enough. Um, it, the the Big East. We had troubles in the tournament this year. It's 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 no it's no secret that Marquette and Seton Hall, Creighton, some of the, and Creighton, and and UConn, UConn, and just a lot of other teams in the Big East have had troubles. Not just this year, but the past few years in the in the NCAA tournament. Like we get plenty of bids, and then most of the teams are out in the first round, if not the second round. Uh, so I think you gotta you gotta root for the people that are in you know our camp. You got you gotta root for them because it just it helps elevate the whole conference to that higher level of play that it has been elevated to when Villanova has won and UConn in the past too that's why I was yeah that's why I was gonna say if can you make that point if it's Villanova because they've won two national they're still a part of the Big East Aiden still a part of the Big East they're still we beat them twice this year but exactly so we've talked about them as the upper echelon and the dad figure the father figure of the Big East that's what everyone else sees him I guess that's what they, they kind of are. I mean, yeah. Are, what do you mean, kind of? Like, no, they are. They I are. agree. I agree. So I think it's you can make uh, you you can make the argument that yeah, it's it's strong for the Big East, but it'd be even stronger, I think, 
if Villanova loses in the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight, but you had more Big East teams win a game. Let's say no. Creighton wins a game. Let's say Marquette wins a game. Let's say why are you saying no? Because that's what happens to the Big Ten every and, year. And look did, at look at right now. Win a game. Final Four. Are there any Big Ten teams in the Final Four? No. We wrote them off. But how many teams in the Big Ten got until the second round? Is Maybe it, not this year, but they normally have more teams make it to the second, make it to the Sweet Sixteen, make it to the Elite Eight than the Big East does. So what's your point? Villanova made it to the biggest stage. We have a Big East team there. Why not just ride them to the top? Yeah, is it too much to ask for Mark the Marquettes and the Seton Halls and the Xaviers and the St. John's of the world to make it to the Sweet 16 and for Villanova to win the national championship? I think it is. No, I, I can't mean, see like, Let's become a power conference here. I think <laughs> yeah. is, is it too much to ask for both? It so, is. So with Uncle Chris's point, and again, he, he called in last week and he may even call in again soon because he might be listening, but his point about the Hatton, the Hatton blood fandom, the Hatton family fandom, the way we are wired is if you hate a team, you don't want them to win, even if they're in your conference. So he hates, Uncle Chris hates Villanova, right? No, he hates the people at Villanova. He, he just thinks they're all he soft. He hates Villanova because <laughs> he lost to them and he has hated Villanova. He's a Providence diehard. And he hates Villanova. The team, the school, everybody. Jay Wright, the president, everybody. So if you're a team and and on and we've talked about this, you know, I hate the Yankees. I hate the Jets. I hate almost everybody from New York, right? And in the Big East, we we fight because yes, sometimes I don't like Providence, okay? But does that mean I have to root for them? I don't know. Okay, let's 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 go back to that last statement you just said. You said sometimes you don't like Providence. You always so don't no, like no, Providence. Yes, yeah, so that that would mean that sometimes you do like Providence, which is a false statement. Okay, say it for me. Yeah, you, you never like never Providence. like okay. Providence. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I don't want to. I don't want to say it as the guy who has the take. I'll let you say it for me. <laughs> Thanks, John Fanta. Anyway, if you're, and I think, and I think that's a good bow to talk of. Uh, I think that's a good bow to end this segment. So we're done talking about Providence. I'm sorry. Uh, at this point, I'm done talking about Providence. They lost to the Sweet 16. So who do I, you guys have won in the national championship? Villanova. That's a real question. You think Villanova? Aiden? I'm gonna go with Kansas. I'm gonna go Duke. Coach go. Coach K's final year. So do you think this? I don't. Is, I don't do want them to win. The storybook run for Duke. Yeah, I don't. I don't want them to win, but I think that that's the most likely option from here on out um and I, I i can just see it in the 30 for 30 i can see all like the horrible coach k moments being compiled i can see him in like the interview sitting in his living room with a cigar like jordan and i can already tell that i'm gonna absolutely hate it but they might be the best team in college basketball this year if not they're probably the second best so uh uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how the next what day is Saturday. We got games tonight. See how the next three days shake out here. It's so tough to swallow, but enjoy the games tonight. And earlier in the show, we talked about and you can call us with your predictions at four one four two eight eight seven zero nine one and at GrubMUR. But and that's on Twitter and Instagram. Earlier in the show, we talked about Giannis Antetokounmpo and how he. Could wear street clothes like he did last night. Didn't play at Pfizer. But the game before, he had quite the night. He passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the greatest, excuse me, the best all-time leading scorer, most all-time leading scorer in Bucks history. 
and he comes to the podium. And this, we're not going to talk about Giannis's X's nose. We're not going to talk about Giannis breaking records. We're going to talk about Giannis and his dad jokes. Let's play the clip. Let's open let's open that with a joke. Uh, what do you call a cow on the floor? Anybody know? Ground beef. <laughs> That's it. Now the next one in New York. So he will continue to do this? The I didn't hear that last part of the line. Now the next one's in New York. Well, uh, for all the radio listeners, this um, this clip uh, it's from it's from Giannis's press conference. He sits down and he has a, a little book, um, a little uh, coffee table book almost. Oh yes, with dad jokes in it, and uh, and and I think he's had more. I think he's struck again since then too. Oh yes, I think that there has been more. I just saw a tweet and it disappeared. But I'm going to find it because these dad jokes, and we're going to get into, we're going to get into a, a fish fry that I went, I went to last night. And maybe he just, maybe this is just, you know, what Wisconsin people do after, after he did, uh, after he did this, but okay. So this is, we're going to get into the slew of dad jokes that I heard at the fish fry of random people just coming up to our table. But here's Giannis on March 31st. So this is the day after, I believe, correct? That that 76ers game. He scored 44 points. Scored 44 points, had a game-winning block, game-winning shot, dunked on your favorite so player, ma- maybe disrespected him too, and then this is what he does. So is this conference. the same? So the 31st was Thursday. Yeah, so Wednesday night, excuse me, Tuesday night was the 76er game. Thursday night, he scores 44, gets to the podium again. Why did the bicycle not stand on its own? You tell me. It was too tired. Oh. It was too tired. Oh, so good. So, it's time... For not a top five tweets, but a top five dad jokes. Here we go. So last night, I go to a classic Wisconsin fish fry, and I heard quite the amount of dad jokes from let's paint the picture i'm sitting at a table of 11 and we have a guy walking up i believe he has a walker and definitely has to be a senior citizen he's wearing a vietnam veteran hat hair as white as the milwaukee snow this morning and he comes up to our table and unprompted gives us quite the slew of dad jokes and I added in two more that I heard throughout the week so today in honor of Giannis it was a big dad joke week but let's do these top five dad jokes are you ready in honor of Giannis not bicycles being tired not ground beef number one where does a snowman keep his money 
The snowbank. That is correct. <laughs> the snowman keeps his money at the snowbank. That was the first one he gave. All right. Number two. What is H2O? H2O is uh, just simple. Water. Okay. H2O is water. What's OH10? Ohio. <laughs> I've heard these, bro. People have been, people, not just you guys, have been telling these jokes around. I told them to you last night. That's you did? Yes. Oh. Yeah, yeah. We heard that one last night. He thought he could get us. <laughs> what do you call a religious sleepwalker? So I forget. A Roman priest. Roman Catholic. <laughs> Roman Catholic. <laughs> That's right. A Roman Catholic. Shout out to you, Mraz, for that. And I got another Mraz one coming up. But first, this is one that Brian came up with. Do you remember? Yeah. 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 All right. You ready? What do you call a cow with three legs? What, Brian? What do you call it? Lean beef. (laughs) (laughs) This is so bad. Because it has to lean. (laughs) So bad. This is just awful. Okay, out of these, out of the four that we've said, which one's the best? The Roman Catholic. The Roman Catholic? All right, last one. I said we stopped talking about Providence, but we're going to do it. We have one more joke. What do you call a Providence College basketball team that dunks a lot? The Air Fryers. <laughs> Stop it. The Air Fryers. And what do you call a bicycle that couldn't go? It was too tired. There's your top five dad jokes of the week. How do we think that went for the audience? How do you think the audience is feeling right now? I hope, stupider. I hope we got. I hope we got one out of five laughs. Stupider. I think it was. I think those five da- dad jokes might be stupid, but they're good for the soul. I don't think they're even stupid. I just think they're they're. And then somebody actually replied to the Giannis dad joke tweet about why did the bicycle not stand? It was too tired. One reply with an asterisk. Too tired. T-W-O instead of T-O-O. Hmm. So there you go. Zach Zach got texted one the other day, and he didn't understand it, but I saw it, and I, I helped him out a little bit. What? It said, uh, what's the difference between a poorly dressed man on a unicycle <laughs> and a well-dressed man on a bicycle? A tire. A tire. A tire. Oh, no, a tire. I got it. I got it, but I didn't realize that it's a tire yeah, yeah, as Zach, well as Zach, a tire. Zach answered it correctly, but so he didn't did you realize really that, like... No, I didn't. A tire. A, yeah, a tire and a tire. Yeah. That was a good realization. Yeah. So, yeah. If, if, it, if, that's, if that's it, then did you really get it? Call us up. If you can. Call us up, 414-288-7091 for your best dad jokes. All right, my sister submitted one. What fruit can tell you you can get married. What fruit, Aiden? <laughs> Passion fruit. Cantaloupe. Cantaloupe. Ah, yeah. Cantaloupe. That no, that just means you you have to have a big wedding because you can't elope. <laughs> can't elope. elope is like when ah yeah, yeah, yeah. elope. <laughs> you know elope. That's funny. <laughs> Why didn't the cow shave? 
Why did the cow shave? Did or did not didn't. shave? Why didn't the cow shave? Wanted to grow a moustache. All right, that's enough. That's bad. <laughs> that Sorry, is... Aaron. That last one was yeah. good. Cantaloupe was good. But yeah. uh, real quick. I can't to hear another one. <laughs> <laughs> good one, Brian. Ennis can't hear another one. Uh, we want to get okay. into these next couple stories here that I have uh, of course. Take going it on. So it's been a whirlwind of the past month, I guess, three weeks with the Big East uh, coaching carousel so i'm gonna ask you guys a question on who the best i guess the worst decision worst firing decision or resignation was from the big east we have laval jordan fired on april 1st just yesterday uh from butler university for contract reasons um they waited 22 days after the season ended fired him so that they didn't have to pay a larger buyout (laughs) But it was April 1st, so everyone was throwing around like, this guy's fired, this guy's staying, this guy's going. It might not have been the best look for the team. Brad Davidson returning for another Brad year. Davidson returning. So there, there's your first one, Laval Jordan. He went 83-74 and 74 in five seasons at Butler. They, they were the second worst team in the Big East this year, and he had one winning season in five years. Next up, Travis Steele, fired. He really... He got fired after the first NIT game that they had this uh, year, which they ended up going on to win with Jonas Hayes as the coach. And then Travis Steele. Did they uh, win the tournament? Yep, they won it. They beat the St. Bonaventure Bonnies in a thriller of a game with 17 lead changers at Madison Square Garden. Do you guys remember the Bonnies beat up on Marquette? Yep. Yeah, they were a good team. Good team, and, and Xavier played them very well. Uh, Jonas Hayes got asked by Sean Miller to stay on the coaching staff. Former head coach of the Xavier Musketeers, Sean Miller, was rehired by the program. So Travis Steele was fired. They really had a shot at making the NCAA tournament this year. I know we talked about it a little bit with Scruggs, yeah, foul for a while there. It was it was really that last Big East tournament game that they lost with 45 seconds left, up six, and they couldn't pull it together. So that's he gets fired. He gets hired by the Red Hawks. And then the last one, Kevin Willard resigns and goes to what some would say is a better job in Maryland. I know he's got more resources, but is it a basketball-centric school? You can make an I argument he, that it's football-centered. I, so. I think he would think it was a good job because he left. I would say that. And then <laughs> former uh, Seton Hall alumni Shaheen Holloway was hired by Seton Hall just recently. So a lot, a lot of moves there in the Big East coaching carousel. Which loss, which coaching loss was the biggest hit? I would I, say probably losing Willard. Willard's a fine. He's a he's a fine basketball coach. Um, they they've had a lot of good teams. They've had a lot of good players. He did, he's done a great job recruiting, both at bringing in new players and also uh, getting transfer portal players as well. Um, obviously, it hasn't worked out for them. I've said this before. They're uh, that's John. Yeah, their their path has kind of mirrored Marquette's in many ways. How like the Marcus Howard and Miles Powell eras were at the same time, and then since then it's kind of been in a whirlwind. So I think it'll be good for the program to kind of get uh, a refreshing new face, not a, a new but familiar face in Shaheen Holloway. But I still think that the the experience of Willard is going to be it's going to be missed. I absolutely agree with everything you just said. So Seton Hall had the biggest loss with losing Willard to go to Maryland and even and I think a cool part of the Maryland story is that Maryland 
almost wanted to part ways with with Turgeon before the end of last season, and they fired him right in midseason, and they wanted Shaka Smart, and Smart went to Marquette instead. But obviously they let go of Turgeon, and they get Kevin Willard. I think that's the biggest loss out of all these. You mentioned because Seton Hall is a good program right now, but I think they also get the biggest win maybe in the – whole national coaching carousel with Sheehan Holloway because he's the hottest name. Recency. That that was going to be my other comment is, is that recency? Is it because he was the Cinderella? Was he on Seton Hall's radar? Because Seton Hall knew He was getting interviews last year. And okay. Okay. See that I just needed some some more of that. That's context. what I, that's yeah, what I had context heard. Context so. in Shaheed Holloway's uh, coaching career. Um, I hope he's not the next big name. He, he, from everything <laughs> I've heard, I mean, I hope he's not the next. Just like like hype name that doesn't pan out. I hope he's a good coach. Um, it seems like he has like great energy around him. Uh, obviously, what he did at St. Peter's is real special. Um, but. I, I just don't know. All right, now going back Real to the special. going back to the other two. Actually, we're gonna take a call right now. All right, all right, caller, you're on the air. What's up, fellas? How we doing? I'm doing good. This is Matt. What's up, Yazel? What's on your mind this morning? All right. Um, so first of all, you guys are doing a fantastic job. I've been listening for the last 20 minutes or so, and I've really enjoyed it. Um, Passing for shaking his head, up. he doesn't believe you. <laughs> I emerged from my bed about 20, 25 minutes ago, saw the tweet, you guys were live, and you know what? I haven't heard the show yet, so I wanted to hear it for the first time, and I'm enjoying it. Um, so a few things. One, I want to bring up, so you talked about Giannis a little bit. I enjoyed that. I want to hear from you guys what you think his chances of winning MVP are this year. Should be way higher than they are. I mean, if you watch him play, he makes game-winning plays down the stretch of every single game on your favorite player. Um, and and the, the other best players in the league, like Embiid and Jokic, there are other big guys that Giannis will step up and be able to actually play against. Um, and obviously you look at the way Milwaukee's handled themselves this year and how they're positioning themselves for the playoffs. Uh, I think he should be the MVP in in my humble opinion. Yeah, I don't know if he will be, though, because it's turned kind of into a stat game now where you just look at the guy who's putting up the best best lines, best numbers. And he's that, averaging like 30 and 12. Yeah, I second, don't think you can Second say, in points. So I don't think you can say. I think a big part of it is the quote-unquote Giannis fatigue, and a lot of Milwaukee media members in Milwaukee have said it's the Giannis fatigue. And I think it's real because he's won the last two MVPs. Could he get to three in a row? With guys, I think Jokic right now is the biggest competitor for that award with him, and they might end up giving it to Jokic, but it can't be a guy like LeBron who's in the play-in tournament. It can't be a guy like Steph Curry who has missed games with injury. So I think it's up to Giannis and Jokic. And again, Embiid, you talk about the stats. I think right now it has to be a, in my, if I had a vote, it'd be a race between Jokic and Giannis, and he's been. But then you see, there's an argument that Jokic is only what the sixth seed in the West, right? Versus you know Giannis and Embiid that are up in the top. Like they essentially have the same record, even though the Bucks just smacked them around in Philly. So I, I don't know. I I think that kind of denotes Jokic a little bit, even though his teammates have been hurt. If you can tell, Matt is a big Bucks fan. Big Giannis fan. Huge Bucks fan. So, so Matt, let me, a, let me ask you this then. What do you think about the Devin Booker case for MVP? Oh, yeah. 
Ah, uh, man. That's interesting. I, I honestly haven't looked at his stats and see how they like stack up. It, it's pre- it's pretty average, but it, the argument <laughs> okay. the argument from Phoenix stands are uh, you know be- we're the best team in the league. He's our best player. He should be the MVP. And then Giannis Giannis fans come back. Saw saw Nate Marzi and getting into it on Twitter. Oh boy, Twitter with that. Oh, but yeah, yeah we don't need to talk about Marzion. Um, <laughs> we'll. Yeah, I, I don't agree with that. I, I think you got to have some sort of – I mean, that kind of argument is why John Morant is probably not an MVP conversation. Look at his team's record. They're like 20-2 and two without him, right? I mean, that's that, – I think that kind of takes points away from his case. And I just – I don't know, stats-wise and how Giannis is – I mean, a few weeks ago the Bucks were in like the 60 or even lower, and now they're – the East is really good this year, and now they've been climbing up slowly. So, that's a good point. I, I think that game in Brooklyn put an exclamation point on his case. La- last, I really do. Last question for you, Matt: Do you care who the Bucks play in the first round, or does it not matter? That's a good I think it would be. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to say that. Like, I don't care about not like playing Durant and Kyrie in the first round. That's obviously more scary than anything else. But I don't think the Bucks are going to shy away from it. I, I don't think they should be. I think I think the Bucks beat the Nets in a series pretty easily. I'm pretty confident in that. But I'm not going to act like I wouldn't be more scared of that than I would be if they play the Hornets or whoever else is down there. Last last question for you, Matt. How do you grade? How do you grade out Giannis's dad joke game? Oh, A plus. I mean, how do you not love it? How do you not – I'm interested to hear more about this fish fry you're at there, Aiden. I was also at a fish fry last night. Oh, really? For my first time in a while. As a, was, I'm, I'm not normally a huge fish guy, but I, I did go last night. Um, so I, that's funny that you were hearing some last night. But, yeah, I, I've really enjoyed it. I mean, how do, you, yeah, how do you not love a guy like that? Yeah, yeah, so the Oak Manor in South Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It was maybe the first time I've stepped in South Milwaukee. Yeah, and there was a hall, a ballroom, straight out of 1978 that was full. So let's keep it, uh, let's keep it that way throughout the rest of Lent. But the all-you-can-eat pod, unbelievable, and the dad jokes were even better. And I'm with you about Giannis. All-you-can-eat? He can, oh, yes. And I want to, and speaking of all-you-can-eat, I want these Giannis dad jokes to be AYCE as well because how can you keep going? How you can keep going with these dad jokes? He all of a sudden has to, if he has a book on the podium. I I was going to say he's got a book. He should be considered the dad joke guy. Like it doesn't have to be every game, (laughs) but if you have a really good performance, like, like he just obviously stepped on Brooklyn's neck that one night and comes out with a dad joke, that makes him more and more likable. So I think he should come out after every game with a good game with a dad joke. Fully agree, Aiden. Fully agree. So, Matt, we appreciate you waking up with us, quite literally. And uh, (laughs) maybe we'll have to have some fish real soon. All right, love that idea. Thanks, fellas. Thanks for calling in. All right. There he goes, Matt Yazel of the Marquette Wire, beat reporter for Marquette Men's Basketball this year, and 
dad joke aficionado, I guess. Just just a great way to merge food, sports, everything in between right there in that one call. I love it. Fish fries and Giannis. Fish fries and that Giannis was, Antetokounmpo. That, that was good. Giannis Antetokounmpo. All right, so while we're on the uh, the NBA, you know, it's 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 the natural progression. You you watch you watch your football. Football finishes, you watch your college basketball, you watch your March Madness. Now the NBA playoffs are starting, so starting to get into gears here a little bit. Your Boston Celtics have been quite hot recently. Quite. They they are currently the third seed in the East, uh, half a game behind Milwaukee for the two seed and uh, not too far behind Miami for that number one. Um, Had it this week, lost it. You guys, you guys really beat up on the Timberwolves One last seed. weekend, but but we've forgiven it. We've forgiven it. We've I think you guys it. have buried A Rod has forgiven us, Lord A Rod. <laughs> you guys have buried the uh, the Minnesota Lord. the Minnesota Boston wins competition. The Minnesota Timberwolves have forty four wins. You guys have forty eight, and then there are four games left in the season. There we go. So there's no way we can beat you guys. Gallagher has trained for months and months for this moment. But we could tie you guys and win still if you guys lose the rest of your games and if we win the rest of our games. So I'm not going to call it over quite yet. Okay. How many games left now? Uh, four games. Four games. I'm not going to lie, and I'm a little concerned. Uh, Robert Williams being down for our defensive end, just someone being able to step up in on the defensive paint side. And, Big shot blocker. Yeah. Yeah. One of the best shot blockers <laughs> in, the, in the conference for sure, if not the entire league. So that's definitely one of my concerns moving forward. Uh, Finishing up the regular season, Aiden, how do you see the C's lining up? I think I think this this team is for real because they've been on this hot streak for over a month now, almost two months. Ever since the All Star break, ever since the All Star break, they went on. I, I mean, the it wasn't a it was like a twelve thirteen game winning streak. They lose that one game, and then they've been on an absolute tear. And I think. Fans of the team, obviously Rob Williams, that's the one concern right now. But I think the silver lining is he's coming back in less than six weeks, which would get him back for, I think, the second round of the playoffs. So they'd win, hopefully win a round without him. And as a Celtic fan, if you win one round this year, and I, and I know this is probably an irrational perspective, but the way I am, if you're winning a round this year, I'm good with that because... A, the East is so good this year, and B, from what happened with Brad Stevens last year, such a debacle where I don't even remember what the seeding was, but, oh, they go into the play-in tournament losing that first round in the Nets. They win, they beat the Hornets and then go and lose in five, I think, to Brooklyn, and that was a complete you know, complete disaster. They have to let go of Brad Stevens, and it was real the troubles with Ime Udoka were real this year, straight out of the straight out of the oven. And then once those brownies cooled down, <laughs> they've been hot. So quite the paradox. So I guess do you see Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, your your little star two pack? You guys don't even need a big three. I think star. I think they're both fantastic players. Um but I I think for a little bit people were getting concerned there. They thought that the the expiration date for that uh, that pairing was going to be coming coming due pretty soon here, but the way you guys have been able to turn it around towards the end of this year makes, at least from an outsider, it seems like that there's more hope for the Boston Celtics with this core because um, obviously you guys have had 
He was like quite the. I think these these past eight games for the Celtics have been what we've been expecting from Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown mm-hmm. for the past three years. Yeah. So they've both put up just around thirty points for the last eight games. And there's no reason that those two shouldn't be combining for sixty every single night. They nearly are. Yeah. They so, nearly are. And especially Tatum, he's turned into, you know, the John Morant territory, almost the Luka Doncic territory, and how well he's played for the last. Nah, I, I don't know about that, Luca, dude. J- I mean, definitely with definitely definitely him, John Morant. You know, I'd I, I'd maybe I'd put I'd, him in the same breath as Devin Booker. I'd put him in like year. the same breath as maybe like a, a Kyle Kuzma. No, what? <laughs> no. That's a that's a hard that's back a, to. Yeah, uh, it's a throwback. Was that on the air? No, it was on the air. But it might it could have been at one point. I remember it was in the dorm because this literally scarred the back of my brain for life. <laughs> that. In the dorm room one year. Jackson would have taken. Our former co-host, Jackson Kowalski, biggest LeBron fan you've ever met. And for good reason, he was was a LeBron fan. And he stood by it. So much so that he said if the Lakers and Bucks played in the NBA Finals, he'd probably cheer for the Lakers. And it didn't happen. But I'm sure the next year, or excuse me, two years when we left him for uh, Games and Grub, that he would have been very happy with the Lakers winning the championship. And he's actually been spoiled because then the next year Milwaukee wins. So good for him. Anyway, he said that in four simple words, put my brain on fire freshman year when he said uh, about the draft, I believe that was Tatum's first or second year, same thing. with They were in the same draft class, correct? Yeah. He's With those four words, you want to do the honors? What are they? Well, Kuzma's better than Tatum, though. It's more than four. Sorry, not <laughs> added though at the end because he was talking about trade scenarios and working the working the machine. Oh, and he and he, like and he really and he really believed it, and and that was that was he still did. rookie both of them, so they weren't at their full yeah. stats or anything. But it's always that was before Tatum. It's always something I can say to Aiden, and I can look over at him, and I'm like, "Yep." It's gonna, I, just, I just sigh and laugh. Yeah, of another so, little piece. Aiden just died. <laughs> we're gonna maybe for our last show, maybe for our last games and grub show, we're gonna have to have Jackson call in. <sighs> we'll have to do a kind of full circle moment. Same with Kevin. Same with Kev. You know, same with the old co-hosts. People will forget the first regime of games and grub was was that was that threesome. I can't say the word threesome there, but uh, Jackson, Kevin, and myself. And the firing NBA takes throughout that first year were awesome, and he he knows NBA. You you and you and Jackson would go back, you know, go at it about yeah. certain NBA takes. So now, last NBA thing I want to touch on about the playoffs. So right now, the Boston Celtics are slated to play the Toronto Raptors in the first round. Toronto is interesting because they're in Canada, and New York just Kyrie just got cleared to play in New York. All the other unvaccinated players on the Nets or the Knicks cleared to play in New York. But there are some other teams in the Eastern Conference that are not 100% vaccinated. So that means there are some players right. and some staff members, I think maybe maybe just players, but some some players that wouldn't be able to go play in Toronto. That's right. So if I and I think I think the teams are Miami, Philly and it might just be those two. So if either of those teams, I think it's Boston and Philly, and right? Or Boston too? I think Boston's in there too. So some of the Eastern Conference teams wouldn't be able to play full strength in Toronto. It it remains to be seen who those players are. That's that's all. And I the have fact to say that at that. this point in the season that this is it's coming up again. Just when you thought it was all done, 
it's co- it's coming up again. Just just something to watch out for. I think it could uh, it could play a pivotal role in a pretty crucial series coming up here. So watch out for those seedings. Watch out for who wants to avoid Brooklyn, like uh, Yazel just talked about on the phone. I think that's a big topic for if you're an East Coast team, Eastern Conference team right now. Do you want to play Brooklyn in that potential 2-7 matchup, it looks like, in the first round? Do you want to avoid the two seeds? So that's the NBA playoff storyline, 414-288-7091. Again, 414-288-7091. And on Instagram and Twitter, both at GrubMUR. But we are not in the NBA. We're in college. And let's transition back to college for a, before we get out of here, a trivia to go Final Four edition. Are you guys ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. In this radio restaurant, when it's time to go, we don't ask for the check. (laughs) We ask the tougher questions. It's time for trivia to go. Matt's voice really gets you that time? It always does. It always does. So, final four edition of Trivia to Go. It's five questions, as always. And it relates, hopefully, to a good amount of teams, Blue Bloods, in the final four this season. Are you ready? Yeah. Number one. Spell Coach K's last name. Go. <laughs> K. You go. Uh, you want to go one at a time? K-Y. Let's see. Let's have Zach Z. go first. Z. I said Z. H. E. I. W. E. C. H. H. <laughs> You're up now. You're up. S. K. Y. <laughs> and did you did you I type wanna, that? I want to clip that so much. Did you type that? It is not correct. No. It is not correct. No. It ends in a Y? I. No, it ends in an I. Does it really? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. So, oh, I can spell it. Ready? Aiden, here we go. K. No, no cheating. All right. K. K. That's what they call him, Coach K. Okay. Well, his official last name. Are you ready? Oh, gosh. Do the first letter for me again. K. 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 R. Z. Y. Z. E. W. S. K. I. Shushevsky. Did you guys do a W in there? I can't remember. No. We had a lot of letters in there. We had a CH in there. All right. Number two. Speaking of coaches, who is the youngest? Excuse me. Shaka Smart. Youngest coach. Can you put the coaches' ages in order? Oh, here we go. For the All Blue right. Bloods. Um, Bill Self's probably the oldest. No, Coach K is probably the oldest. Oh, Coach K. Sorry, I go. So we'll go oldest to youngest. Coach K, Self, Jay Wright, and then, and then Hubert. 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 Davis. Hubie, Hubie Davis. Hubert Davis. Yeah, I I I take that. Maybe. Oh, we might want to flip Jay Wright yeah, and, and Jay Self. Wright, Jay Wright might be older than Bill Self. Yeah. Lock it in? Yeah, we're locking it in. Lock in. That is correct. Hubert Davis is 51. Self is 59. Jay Wright is 60, as we talked about a couple weeks ago. (laughs) And Coach K? Is 73. 75. So So Jay Wright has another 15 years is what you're telling (laughs) me. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. At least 10. That's scary. All right. speaking Speaking of Jay Wright, 
what is Villanova's mascot? The actual mascot in its name. It's got to be something the Wildcat. Well, Willie the Wildcat, Wally the Wildcat, uh... Jay the Wildcat. <laughs> Ooh. I wish. Ooh. Walter. Walter the Wildcat. Locking in my answer. Anything else, Brian? Um... Something about, like, their religiousness. <laughs> like, I, like we're Iggy because it's... It's Ignatius. Ignatius. Yeah. Ignatius. And they're Dominican? No, they are Franciscan. French. So Francisco. Francisco the Wildcat. I like that. That's a good guess. <laughs> You're unfortunately both incorrect. It's Will D. Cat. Oh, I'm so close. You were close because the Wildcat. That's yeah. funny. All right. How far away... Closest answer gets it are Duke and North Carolina's campuses. In miles or minutes? Miles. Six. Six. I know I've been, I've taken the drive before and it wasn't long at all. Yeah, but Raleigh is super spread out. I'm going to go 27. (laughs) All right, Zach gets it because it's eight. Eight. Eight miles. Yeah, bro. They're like, they're right there. It's crazy. It's right there. I wonder how much those campuses collaborate. Like, I know they hate each other so much, but I wonder how much they like party together. Sources tell me. Classes together. Sources tell me that Chapel Hill is fun. Durham's not fun. Hmm. Interesting. Because Chapel Hill has the bar called He's Not, where Michael Jordan used to go to the bar and people would call and say, is Michael Jordan there? He's not here. He's not here. And they named the bar He's Not Here. (laughs) So it's a nice study hall bar in Clemson, South Carolina. Study hall. Study hall. Study hall. My mom would call Nick. Hey, what are you doing today? With study hall. Study hall. Doesn't Madison have a place called the library? I walked by it, I think, a couple weeks ago when I was there. What's that? So, last one does not involve, so I guess I'm spoiling it, does not involve any of the teams in the Final Four this season, but it's a Final Four question. Who are the only two teams to play the Final Four in their respective hometown? Two schools. Uh, how recent? Can you give me like a recency? Uh, I don't have the year in front of me. I'm sorry. Within our lifetime, these we've seen both of these two teams in the Final Four in our lifetime. Houston. Oh, okay. Is one. The other is going to be. They never had it down in Florida, did they? Um. Oh, we got audience. Butler walking through. Butler. Butler and Houston. No, they never had it. Indy? Yes, they did. Oh, Butler with uh, Hayward, but they lost. But they were in it. In the final, they were in the final four, though. Yeah. Is that what the question is? Final four. Only two teams to play the final four in their hometown. Yeah, Butler and Houston. I like Butler. Lock in Butler. No idea what the next one would be. All right, Butler is one of them. Yep. Do you want to go back to, with some confidence? Yeah, let's you want no, to go back. Let's, to go back. Board? Let's, let's think about this for a sec. Think big cities. I didn't think you would get Butler. I think you get this other team. But um, UCLA, no. Down in Cali, Marquette. I'm trying to think of like Marquette. what's a Texas, Dallas. Did you know, by the way, this I I was doing Final Four research for trivia. The term Final Four harkens back to Marquette. There was an article back in the 1970s, not 77, but a year prior, where Marquette 
had made the final four and it was written about in a media article and they coined that's how the final four started because of Marquette. Anyway, back to the drawing board. Um, teams that played in their hometown in the final four. So Butler was one of them. That was a Butler is snipe. one. That's a good snipe by you. Um, Who else has been in the final four in our lifetime? I'm trying to think like a West Coast maybe. Louisville. Was it ever in Louisville? Maybe like an Arizona. Oh, Atlanta. What are the schools in Atlanta? Georgia Tech. Arizona. Lock in. Georgia Tech. Lock in. He's locking in Arizona <laughs> G-Tech. UCLA is the second Oh, team. my oh, God. Thinking, no way. I was thinking West Coast. I was on the right track. Yes. No, I don't remember West them. Coast. What year was that? Yeah, what year was it in LA? Well, it, we'd have to look it up because I know Butler, that was within our lifetime, obviously, with Gordon Hayward. But the UCLA team that went is... 1995? Again, it was in California. Oh, you're killing so. me. There we go. There is your trivia to go. Quite the stumper. Final four edition. So enjoy the final four. All right. I have in mind. I have a uh, a trivia question for you guys. Uh Uh-oh. Last one. What is Coach K's salary? Mm. I'm going to say. It's not public data because Duke's a private school. It seems pretty public on this uh, Google machine. The current hyphen online.com. <laughs> I don't, I don't online. trust that. I don't All trust right. that source. I'm gonna 8 say, million. I'm going to say what's hyphen online is. Eight yeah. Mil. I'm going to say 11 million. 7 million with bonuses around 10. That's okay. All right. Well, that's well, so I have no fake, idea. It, that's it, a fake it, website. It gives me an exact yeah, number. 7 million dollars no. is the exact number of his basic salary. I'm not hearing it. It's before, private information. Before or after taxes. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to Marquette Track and Field competing today uh, at the UWASH Invitational and the Redbird Invite. Wait, they're not all at the same meet? Uh, I think Distant no. Kids are at... Uh, Distance is down at WashU. Yeah, WashU. And then all others. Molly, Rachel, jump in at, uh, they're at the Redbird. Illinois, Redbird right. Invite. Shout out Marquette Track and Field. The yeah, it, it should be a it should be a fun outdoor season here. I think they have a meet coming up home that I hope to pregame. So, yeah, catches at Valley Fields, stumbling, mumbling, bumbling, tumbling. It's unfortunately not at Valley Fields. What? It's at Wisconsin Lutheran. What the? What? what? Yeah. All right. All right. Just throw it out. Yeah, just... <laughs> there we go. Yeah, we'll cut that. <laughs> All right. Well, that's next week. Spoiler alert. Uh, so, <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm going to start coughing here. Turn my cough button on. Uh, so yes, quite the, quite the snow day to have a meet, but hopefully there, hopefully there's no snow down in Illinois today. Big, because uh, Washu was yesterday. I, I got a, got a text. I have to give Minneapolis a shout out because they're hosting the women's final four. Yeah. So it should be a pretty exciting time. You know, you know who'll be wearing a suit? Gino Ariema will be wearing a suit. I can no guarantee tie, it. When's that guy gonna retire? He said no. Uh, Talk about a retirement tour. I don't want to be a part of. Oh we my saw god! Him. I watched. We were watching the game last night at the bar. Quite the barn burner between Stanford and UConn, and he had the suit jacket on, not a tie. But at Marquette, he was wearing the zip up. That right? guy's the worst. Yeah, no, that dude gets no more of our With time. With that, we're closing up the laptops. Shout out to shout out to Gino. So he wasn't right. Am I? Am I? He yeah. wasn't wearing the the. Yeah, he had a quarter zip on. Yeah, exactly. 
why why would you wear that at the El McGuire Center and not wear it to the I don't know, Center? but let's so, zip up this episode so, right here. <laughs> so this has been We got two more this minutes has on been, the air. We're legally obligated to be on the air for two more this minutes. This has been games, grub, and garb. Because we've been talking about so much fashion. Wow, that's game okay, grub and garb. A, that's the name of the episode, I think. Right? If you waited till the end of this episode, this is like the Matrix. It's like Inception. If you waited this long at the end of the episode, if you're listening on a podcast right now, then you just heard the name of the episode, Games, Grub, and Garb. But if you're listening live right now, you're like, the podcast hasn't been posted yet. But you are sorely mistaken because we're here live on radio. So that'll do it for us with Games, Grub, and Garb and a lot more. So... We'll be back next week, correct? April 9th, we'll be here. Uh, Brian will be out of town. We'll, let's work on maybe, Brian, who would you want to see in your chair next week or no one? I want to see Willie Nelson. Oh, that's quite the call. I want to see uh, Joseph Rosales. <sighs> I want to see Matthew Dupacier. And I want to see a call-in from Kevin Hurley. You think, quite, is that enough? Is that enough to fill in? That's quite the homework assignment to get all. I want. All I, those want guys I want it one? all. Yeah, you want, I it, want all. it all. I want it all. All right. So we'll work on that. We'll have some. We'll have something for you. If it's just me and Zach, that means we struck out. But we'll have plenty of callers. So that's it for this week. And stay tuned for that wonderful episode next week, April 9th. This has been Games and Grub. This has been Games and Grub.